The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 362 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story, Israel has been a model for how to quickly vaccinate millions of people. Now the country has come out with one of the best studies yet on the effectiveness of the vaccine. And the news is very good. But first, here's what happened in virus news today. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is finally letting people know what they can and can't do after they've been vaccinated. According to new CDC guidelines, inoculated people can visit indoors without masks, but must still wear them in public and avoid large gatherings around unvaccinated or vulnerable people. Germany will drastically speed up its vaccination campaign to as many as 10 million weekly inoculations by late March. The country's finance minister said on German television that in April, May and June, vaccination centers and doctors will have to handle millions of doses every week. Germany has administered a total of 7.33 million doses since inoculation started 10 weeks ago, according to Bloomberg's vaccine tracker. Finally, India's COVID-19 vaccination drive has jumped nearly fourfold after a sluggish start. The country's program, one of the world's biggest, sped up after it expanded eligibility and got a crucial public endorsement from the inoculation of Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Almost 21 million shots have been administered in India so far, up from 5.8 million a month ago, according to data compiled as of Monday by Bloomberg and Johns Hopkins University. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. And now for today's main story. Israel has had one of the world's most successful vaccination efforts yet. 
Now, a new study from the country shows the Pfizer vaccine was overwhelmingly effective against the virus. Public health experts say the Israeli study shows that immunizations could end the pandemic. Naomi Kresge reports on what makes the Israeli study so significant and why it might point to an eventual way out of the pandemic. These are the sounds of a busy vaccination center in Israel early this month. The country's inoculation campaign started on December 20th. By now, more than half its 9 million residents have had at least a first dose, largely of the messenger RNA vaccine developed by Pfizer and its German partner BioNTech. That's the highest COVID vaccination rate in the world. And as part of a deal for quick vaccine shipments that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu made with Pfizer, he agreed to share the data on the real-world results. Netanyahu explained the project at a World Economic Forum meeting in January. And we offered to share that with Pfizer and with all humanity uh, to understand what the effects of uh, mass inoculations are. The most important thing, I think, the most pressing thing, is the question of what real degree, not only of personal protection do you get from vaccines, but what is the level of uh, preventing infections when you receive the inoculation? That's the critical uh, question, obviously, as you want to open the economy and restore life to normal. Netanyahu's deal, Vaccines for Data, did raise some questions within Israel about safeguarding patient information. But the country is uniquely positioned for this type of experiment. Four large HMOs manage its universal healthcare system, and about 98% of citizens have digital health records that go back as many as 20 years. Ben Rice, who directs the Predictive Medicine Group at the Boston Children's Hospital Computational Health Informatics Program and Harvard Medical School, told me Israel's system enables radical integration of health data into one place. Since the HMOs in Israel provide the healthcare, provide the vaccination services, and the coronavirus testing services, all this data could be integrated into one anonymized record. To track the real effects of vaccines, researchers needed to use this extremely detailed data on a massive scale. Rice and a team of other researchers from Harvard and Klalit, the policy arm of Israel's biggest HMO, set out to solve the problem. Pfizer wasn't involved with their project. So in order to conduct such a study, you need a very specific set of circumstances that will happen. That's Noah Dagan, director of data and AI-driven medicine at Clalit, and one of the lead researchers on the study. First, you have to have information about a community-based cohort of individuals for which you know all background medical information. And for the same cohort of individuals, you need to know several things. You need to know which of these are being tested for COVID-19, the PCR results. You'll have to know the results of those tests. 
You have to know who got vaccinated at, at what date. And you'll have to know what happened to them. And that means that you have to have an integrated data source that takes all of these uh, different resources together because usually hospital data is collected in one electronic medical record and laboratory results are collected in another setting and the community electronic medical record is the third setting. Uh, and all of these together are needed in order to do that. In Israel, the Ministry of Health created a reporting system that asks everyone to record COVID-19 test results, hospitalizations, and degrees of severity of hospitalization. That gave Noah and the team two data sets to work with, the HMO's decades of health data and the government's detailed pandemic data. And when we cross these two resources together, we can actually know where each patient is and what happened to, to them. In order to tell how well the vaccine was working, the team needed as unbiased a comparison between the vaccinated and unvaccinated as possible. They needed to match up each inoculated person with someone as similar as possible who hadn't yet gotten a shot. So as an example, for you to be matched in the study, uh, you'll have to find someone who's very similar to you. So a 76-year-old uh, ultra-Orthodox Jewish male from a specific neighborhood, say from Tel Aviv, who received four influenza vaccines in the last five years and has two comorbidities mm -hmm. that are known risk factors for severe COVID-19, will only be matched in the study if we can find a similar ultra-Orthodox Jewish male from the same neighborhood who's aged 76 to 77 years and received three to four influenza vaccines and has two comorbidities. It was a computing challenge. Every day from December 20th to February 1st, the team matched each newly vaccinated person with an unvaccinated control. So uh, I can tell you that the first uh, iteration of code that we've written took four or five days just to run, to run it, uh, not to write it. And we wrote that piece of code in different languages and with different uh, algorithms again and again until it, uh, we reduced the running times from five days to one day and from one day to four or five hours and in the final version to 10 or 15 minutes. And that, that's the current version that we're using now. And we are rerunning every few days to see what, what's the status with the information that is gradually building. Ultimately, the team was able to compare 596,618 people vaccinated between December 20th and February 1st with their unvaccinated counterparts. Added together, almost 1.2 million people in all. Published on February 24th in the New England Journal of Medicine, their results were overwhelmingly positive. Two doses of the vaccine prevented 94% of symptomatic COVID-19 cases. Once the team counted people who hadn't had symptoms, but tested positive for the virus anyway, they found two doses prevented 92% of the documented infections. And importantly, it showed the vaccine was also extremely effective for people who are older or who have other diseases. Here's Ron Balliser, Director of Health Policy Planning for Clalit. And we've been able to demonstrate that the vaccine is exceedingly effective as it was in the clinical trial. This study that was performed in Israel at Kralit 
would be able to demonstrate for decision makers and the public worldwide that mass vaccination campaigns have a huge potential in controlling the illness globally as well as curbing the detrimental impact of disease dissemination on human lives. Ron told me that he hopes at some point the study won't be able to continue because they'll run out of unvaccinated people to use as control comparisons. But for now, the team is continuing. As their study population grows, they hope to answer questions about how specific groups of people respond to the vaccine and help Clalit and other health providers know how to handle COVID-19 immunizations for those groups. Here's Noam Barda, Clalit's head of epidemiology and research. So we constantly uh, gather data so we have the biggest possible uh, result pool uh, with which to, to inform decisions within the organization, also for subgroups. So for example, while we do have a huge sample size for the overall population, maybe we specifically want to know what is happening with people who are immunocompromised or with people who have certain premorbid conditions. So we do continue to uh, gather this data daily uh, to have better and better answers. But for now, at the end of this long, dark winter of seemingly unending pandemic anxiety, we were finally given something really solid to cheer about. Real-world evidence that the vaccine is working. And perhaps even better than people thought, because it seems to prevent not just infection with COVID, but also transmission of the virus. That was Naomi Kresge. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus across the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Naomi Kresge. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Schein and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.